Well, it's nice to have all of you in-house tonight for this Wednesday night service. And then all of you that are joining us online tonight, we're happy to have you as well. Believing that you're going to be blessed tonight in the presence of God as you respond to the leading of His Spirit. I'm going to make announcements on the 6th at Children's Church, which will be this coming Sunday. It's Dress Like a Saint Day. You know, they've had Water Gun Day. They've had Crazy Hair Day. Now, this Sunday, they're having Dress Like a Saint Day. Then on the 8th will be the EXO Marriage Seminar again here from 6 to 7.30 on the 8th. And there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer, and that's so they know how much material to print up. The 13th is Youth Sunday. And then that 13th at Children's Church will be the Church Sports Day. Also, the sign-up sheet for Ladies Fellowship is in the foyer. So Sandy, uh, Candy was sad that we missed a month, but we're picking it back up this month. So if you're coming to the Ladies Fellowship, that sign-up sheet is in, in the foyer. It's awesome to be with all of you tonight as usual. One of my favorite places to land an evening is right here with all these people that have help to make me who I am, and uh, I read something the other day, it said, God is not something to evaluate, he is something to stay in awe of, and I don't know about you, but God just continues to awe me, is anyone else like that? I mean, seriously, it's, it's crazy, like, just Friday night in a huge mass of people there was one lady I wanted to see and there were 35,000 people in this building and I had not been able to locate this lady who I love so much and I knew she was there and in the middle of service I got real restless and I thought I just kind of have to go out and walk around a minute and I went out in the hall the corridor I had not walked probably 30 steps and there she was. And I'm just, I, I'm telling you, that's not coincidence. You know? It's not coincidence when you walk outside and there is a huge blue butterfly on the side of your trailer. You know? That's God at work. We've just got to train our mind to see that. And I stuck my hand up there by him. And a lot of times if they're almost dead, they will kind of be approachable butterflies. I've had quite a bit of experience with them. (laughs) But not when they're as new as this one was. He was gorgeous. And I stuck my hand up there, and he just crawled right onto my hand, and he stayed there for a long time. I mean, I was walking around the campsite, and he was just on my hand. Until finally we got ready to go. I had to go over to a tree and let him off. That's not coincidence. That's God at work in my life continually awing me. Aren't you thankful that he's amazing? And he's amazing. And then he's amazing again. So amazing that you just want to give him your best. Every day. 
So at the house of God tonight, we join our faith and our trust. First book in the Bible, Genesis, God introduces the main characters and the tree of life and the horror of not obeying. Then you get to the book of Revelation and you find another tree. And that is the tree of life that God affords us that we 
have kept the covenant. We have kept the faith. We have worshiped him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And tonight, we are doing that because his promise is, call on me in the day of trouble, and I will hear thee. So tonight, we are praying for Greg Morton, Robert Walker, David Wright, Landon Westerman, Abby Malone, Jake Morgan, Floyd Elmore, Francis Batson, Sharon Crawford, Sister Singh Hood, and those who we have been praying for that are in senior homes and in their own house. And so if you have a need in your life, please feel free to come to the front right now. And we are going to pray a prayer of faith with and for you. And so tonight, the spirit of healing is already here. Our merging with the spirit of healing is the category of worship and confidence and faith in the Lamb of God. So tonight, let's move forward in prayer. And if you have a need, I don't care what it is, come to the front. We will pray a prayer of faith with you. Finances for victory over anything and everything. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. By the blood of the Lamb. By the power of the resurrection. By the glory of His Word. By the glory of what He's already done.
Praise God. You may be seated. Now, what I want to ask you to think with me for a minute. If God has done anything for you this past year that has blessed your life financially, physically, just emotionally, uh, 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 been able to witness to a neighbor or strengthen somebody, if you can say that you have experienced something good from God, I want you to stand to your feet. Don't tell me he's dead. Whew. We got room to shout. Even if he hadn't done it this year, we're breathing. We got room to rejoice. And we got room to move forward into the nighttime. In the name of Jesus. So I want to say this while the ushers are getting ready and you're getting seated. That uh, in the last few weeks I have just sort of relived uh, so many people that have come through this church and who have uh, become ministries elsewhere and done things. And then I, I was thinking about the service tonight and uh, this lady on the piano or keyboard, and I was thinking that uh, most of her life was here, and, uh, and of course her husband, you know, he was raised here. And now they th not only evangelized across part of the USA, but they lead serious roles. Brother Craig Adams is on the district board in Arkansas, which means that you're having a involvement in the board of the district of Arkansas. You ought to be thrilled that God has allowed the Adams family to find a niche of such pedigree and then on top of that they've raised children that are blessing people all over and tonight we're going to hear one of those people would you mind just standing while they're thinking about this offering deal we're so excited is that his wife right here how many kids are y'all gonna have They're all day ripe. I just hope they're not rotten. But three are already here. And that means that what you have done through the years has blessed and blessed. And it just keeps on growing and glowing. So your dollars are not spent in vain. So tonight, Father, we gladly rejoice with our financials to bless the kingdom, the word of God, the spirit of truth, to grow. And I pray that your blessing reach the heart, the hands, the feet of these that continually give to bless the kingdom in every way. In Jesus' name, amen.
God's been tugging in my heart all day that he wants to, his spirit just wants to move through this place tonight. Jesus, Lord, I pray that every spirit that is unlike you would leave this place right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Mm, not what my will, but thy will be done. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, man. God's got something special for us tonight. Amen. Did you come expecting something? Did you come? Oh, you should have come expecting something. It's not too late to make up your mind. You come expecting something? Come on. Come on. Expectation is a powerful thing. It opens up the door for God to walk in. If you don't have expectation and you just come with just to be here, it, the likelihood of God coming inside is highly unlikely because you don't have the door open. We've got to have expectation. It's the house of God. God is in this place. And no matter what you walked in here with, God's got something for you today. Mm. I felt a statement come to me earlier. I'm going to let you be seated here in just a second. But uh, a statement hit me. It said, you know what? The enemy, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but the enemy don't take off on Wednesday. But unfortunately, sometimes the church does. Sometimes we are like, oh, we got church tonight. And we just come in, and it's Wednesday night service. Weird thing is, this is a weird fact that I realized earlier. You can be seated. We'll, we'll move back into some, some powerful things. But I, I realized something earlier as I was getting ready for tonight. I don't think that I have been over here ever on a Wednesday night. <laughs> this is, I realized I was in here actually earlier today, and I was, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, because as a kid, I think I went, I was always going to children's church or, or the different things that they had on Wednesday night. And then as a teenager, I was over in the, in the gym. And then as a youth pastor, I was always doing something on Wednesday night. And so I don't think I've ever been over here on Wednesday night. So I don't know the schedule for tonight. And I don't know the expectation level of tonight. And what I realized is, is that may be a benefit. Because I came with a full-blown expectation that God is going to move tonight. I came expecting that if you came in needing a healing, you can get a healing. If you need a deliverance, you can get a deliverance. It may just be Wednesday night to some, but tonight is the night to have church. 
Tonight is the night for God to strengthen, encourage, give us wisdom because the enemy is seeking whom he can devour tonight. He would love to get somebody tonight. He would love to devour, to mess somebody up. And I've come with an expectation, with a mentality of that devil, you can't have anybody tonight. I'm stepping in the gap right now. The spirit of hell cannot persevere. It's not coming against. It's not going to win. It's not going to win. I don't know what the enemy's been telling somebody in here, but I'm here to come at you with a word from God is, is that he's still coming for you. God is still looking for you. God still needs you. And the enemy would whisper things into your ear that you're not enough, that you're unworthy, that you've messed up too much, that you're, you're too far gone. Or maybe it's not even about you tonight, but it's about a family member that you've been praying for a long time or a, a, a long lost child that's been out of church for a long time. I don't know, but let me tell you what. I'm here with full expectations that we're fixing to see revival break out in your family. Maybe you're here and you're doing great, but you got a child that needs a hand of God to reach down in the their life and to quicken their mind and their soul back to the house of God. It can happen tonight. I don't know where they're at, but I believe with uh, our prayer to, we, somebody may have gotten discouraged about praying for somebody. You've been praying it for so long that it's kind of it's kind of went to the back burner. I'm here to tell you tonight you need to start praying that prayer again. Hear this young dude that's never been over here on a Wednesday night. You need to start praying that prayer again because only you can pray that prayer. And God can only move if you're praying. Don't, don't act like, well, God, God can do what he wants to. Yeah, but he, he designed a plan that said he would move through the prayers of his people. He can't do it without flowing through. He can't access the world without us making those prayers. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for that family member. Don't start praying. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm, God is going to do some amazing things tonight. I believe it with all my heart, and I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we might as well get started. I'm happy to be here. I'm, as you can tell, I'm excited. Um, and uh, I do feel like God has given me a word for tonight. He's given some instructions, I feel like. But then not only that, I do, and I'm not saying this out of routine, but I feel like that God wants his spirit to let loose tonight. We're going, I'm going to preach, I'm going to have a message, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you feel the Holy Ghost move tonight, respond to it. It may be Wednesday night, don't hold back. You act like it's a Sunday night and it's a Holy Ghost moving, and every, it don't matter. God wants somebody to respond tonight. And I don't know who it is. I don't know what it is. But somebody needs to do it at some point tonight. And I'm believing that, that, that it's going to happen. I feel like it in the name of Jesus. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. And I've got a, a question for you. If you had to describe the theme of Jesus in one word, what would it be? If you had to describe it in one word... What would it be? I mean, there's no wrong answer here. I mean, um, obviously I have an answer that I'm going to preach on, but there's no wrong answer. So go for it. What are some, what is a word that you would describe the theme of Jesus in the, in the Bible? Love? That's a good one. Compassion? Another good one. What was it? Savior? Yes. Good. 
Any other? That's awesome. Nobody else? No guess? Mercy. Nice. Very much so. Well, the answer that I have is very highly unlikely for you to guess. Um, because it, if I was guessing, I would not get it either. So, um, it is a four-letter word. And it is come. C-O-M-E. Come. And I know that sounds strange. And it's a, it's a weird word to describe someone as mighty as Jesus. But as I'm going to jump into some scriptures and, and hopefully we'll figure this out together, what God has for us tonight. Um, so come, as I, as I read some scriptures and I, I went and, and dove into what this was, what did he mean by this? And I'm, I'm going to read this first one, but hang with me. If, if it feels like it doesn't make sense, it's okay. We'll get there, I hope. So um, in James 2, 1 through 4, we're going to start there and... Here's how it starts, and I'm, I'm reading in the CSB for this, but it, it's going to make sense either, no matter which one you're reading in. So, my brothers and sisters, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and a poor person dressed in filthy clothes also comes in, if you look with favor on the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here in this good place, come over here, sit here. And yet you say to the poor person, stand over there or sit on the floor by my footstool. Haven't you made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? That was James 2, 1 through 4. As I was studying and I, and I read over this scripture, it hit me as... Because in this situation, like, Jesus is aggravated at the people showing favoritism to them or them or catering to, you know, well, you know, they've got more money, so we need to deal better with that. And then this people, they don't have really anything, so we can just, you know, they're, they're here, whatever. And, I, and as I thought about that, there was a word, the word that hit me was that the reason he got aggravated was that they told the, the, the people that had money, hey, come over here, come over here. But then they said to the other people, the people not so well off, hey, go over there. And it hit me that Jesus' entire mission is he came. He, God manifested himself in the flesh. He came to earth with a purpose. And he came for you. Look at somebody and said, he came for you. Oh, you got to convince them. You got you to tell them. You got you to gotta tell them. But hold on. Don't get, yeah, yeah. Get carried away with it. Like, like make them believe it for a second. Y'all were not very convincing. So tell them. Say, hey, God came for you. Yeah, that's it, Brother Jeff. <laughs> Shake it into them if you got to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. We got to get it. Because the reason we got to get it is because we also got to share it. You may have that, but somebody in your world may feel like Jesus didn't come for them. And he did. He came for everyone. So whether you came in here not feeling, I, I just feel like somebody may have came in here tonight and you felt like that Jesus didn't come for you or maybe that you missed it. And I'm here to tell you once again, Jesus has come 
for you. His entire theme throughout the Word of God, and we're going to go through a couple settings, is He came for you. He, he's, not telling, he's not telling you go over there. He's saying, come here. He's saying, come here. Come on over. Come closer to me. Come follow me. Come and be with me. His entire mission was, hey, come on. Come with me. You're not too far gone. But sometimes the church loses that. And we get this idea of that we, we, we go to work on Monday and we see people in the grocery store maybe or we go to work and we see people and we've got this idea like, oh, you know, God probably, they, they're living their own life. Have you told them that Jesus came for them? We've got to be sharing that mission that God has. Because if we can just, because people are lacking the, the, the feeling that there's a hole inside of them that, that they don't belong. That's why they're trying everything in the world to try and fill this void in their life. Because they're missing something. They're going to drugs, they're going to alcohol, they're going to substances, they're going to prescriptions, they're going to um, uh, sites they shouldn't be going to, they're going to here, they're going to try and change their identity. They're trying all sorts of things to fill a void. And I'm here to tell somebody, that void is only filled by one person, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the only one. We can lose focus of that in the church because we get caught up coming on Sunday, and we get caught up coming on Wednesday, and we've got it, and we're living it, and we're, we're doing our best, you know, and we're, we're kind of, we're, we're, we're living it as to our best of our ability. But the problem with that is, he's coming back for a people that are telling other people that Jesus has come for them too. He didn't, he's not coming back for a people that are stagnant and still and they got it for themselves and they're not telling anybody else. That's why I got so frustrated at the Pharisees and Sadducees. He said, you guys are thinking that you got it all and nobody else deserves anything. I'm here to mess that all up because Jesus came for everyone whosoever will. And we got to get it back in our heart as the church because the world's getting crazy and we'll end up talking about them all day long instead of praying for them. And Jesus is saying, if you'd spend more time praying for them than talking about them, I could maybe actually tear down the walls that are guarding them in. But we don't trust the spirit realm enough to go into there and say, in Jesus' name, Lord, and we don't find an altar at home and we start calling out that person's name that says, hey, in Jesus' name, touch that person right where they're at right now. Release them. I command you, Satan, release them. In the name of Jesus, I believe it. And if we would begin, you know, I, I get it. You know, we, some of us may have it down. I don't have it down. I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself too. But we got to get back into the prayer room. We got to get back into that place where we are hurting when we see people. Instead of just talking about them, our soul is like, ooh, I got to take that to the prayer room. We see that person that looks we, don't, we, want, we aren't even going to try to describe them. We, we see them at the store or at the coffee shop, and we're just like, whew, it is unbelievable what this world's coming to. Did you get that person's name to go to the prayer room with? Because that's what we need to be doing. We've got to attack those spirits. We have got the power of the living God living inside of us. He literally spoke creation into existence. In Genesis in the very beginning of the word of God, God spoke and it was done. That spirit is living inside of you if you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come on. 
we got to get it. We're the church of the living God. We've got to begin to, to, hey, the world gets darker. Guess what? The church has got to get brighter. We've got to, we've got to awaken ourselves that, hey, it may be Wednesday night, but my Lord, I've got to, I've got to go to church tonight. I, I want to go to church tonight. I need to go to church tonight. I've got some, I've got some things that I need to bond with the brotherhood with. I got some things that I need to pray with my sisters about. And we've got to attack this in the spirit realm. But instead, so much of the time, we just show up to church with a, what's, what's, what's here for me today? What, what, wonder what I'm going to get at church tonight. Wonder what I'm going to get at church Sunday. When's the last time when we showed up with the, what am I going to give to the body today? Hmm. What can I go to church? I wonder who at church today is going to need me to pray for them. Instead of who's going to pray for me at church today. Because if we'll start emptying ourselves, we'll start getting more filled up. But when we get filled with the Holy Ghost and we cap it and we say, whoo, good job, we're good to go. And we don't allow that living water to flow through us. It becomes stagnant and then we wonder why people are backsliding. Because we got to, we got to repeat the process. Hey, God came for me. I got to find somebody else to tell that to. And we got to let it flow. I got way off there, but we're going to go back in. Next context of scripture, John 5, 37 through 40. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent him you do not believe. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that I may have, that you may have life. Hear that. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. But I know you, that you do not have this love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If any other comes in his own name, you will receive him. I'm going to pull that part out for a second. You are not willing to come. So much of the time, we think it's God, but really it's us hiding in the bushes in Genesis. We've sinned, and we're like hiding, just like the Adam and Eve did. And God comes walking. He's like, where are you? Where are you at? And we're, we're hiding. Because we lose the sight. Because the enemy will mess you up. Hear me, the enemy will mess you up when you mess up. And it's just a little voice in your ear. You better go hide. You can't go to church now. God doesn't want you now. You've already messed up too much now. He's coming for people that even have messed up. The church has got to get it. It don't matter how much somebody's messed up. God said he's coming for them. And he's going to keep coming for them. We're in the dispensation of grace. He's keeping on coming until it's judgment day. He wants everyone that will. And we as the church have to unite with that mentality and say, hey, he came for me when I was lost. He's coming for you too. Don't try and hide from him. He wants you. But we have to be willing to come to him. Willing to come to him. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. John 6, 32 through 38. 
Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus has come for you. Jesus has come for you, and he's coming back for you. He came for us so that we could experience the forgiveness that he has, the everlasting life that he has, the bread of life that he has. But so much time... So much of the time we're holding back. We're holding back. And God's like, spend some time with me. I'm the bread of life. I'm I'm the bread. Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And then he said, um, he who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes on me shall never thirst. Church, we've got a world that's hungry and thirsty. It's even, they even made it a, a Gen Z term, thirsty. You don't know what that means? I, I didn't either until I looked it up a long time ago. Well, and now it's probably an old term. That was probably two years ago. They'd be like, she's thirsty or he's thirsty. That means they're begging for attention. They're trying to get some attention. They're thirsty. They're wanting some attention. We got, we got some people out there that are thirsty. They're thirsty. Who's got the water though? Has the church forgotten that we are connected to the everlasting fountain of life? We can't forget it. And, and we can't just make it on Sunday and Wednesday. We got to share it Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I know pastor, he, he keeps telling me, he, he tells me consistently, like it's not about Sunday, it's not about Wednesday. We've got to take it to the world. The world needs what we have, but yet we've gotten so conditioned to our environment that we can walk into the presence of God without expectation. We can walk in and walk out the same way that we came in. Church, we still got work to do on ourselves, and the closer we stay to that mentality, the more likely it is that we are relatable to the world. And we can say, hey, God, God's still got work to do on me, but he ain't failed me yet. You can come too. You can come too on this journey. I'm not perfect either. God's still working on me. But so much of the time we get caught up thinking we got it and we don't have it yet. We have what we, we have exactly what everyone in this world is thirsty for. If we'll just share it. He has come for everyone. This one in Matthew 19, 13 through 15 Shook me up a little bit. I've read this. I've seen it in the the uh, the play, the drama that we used to do, and but when I read this recently, it kind of shook me up. It said then, 
Little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he, and he laid his hands on them and departed from there. The twelve disciples that walked with Jesus every day, even got that spirit even got a hold of them of, Sorry, it's not here for you. To little kids. And we say, Oh, I can't believe they would do that. But sometimes we do that. Maybe they're not little kids literally, but they're little kids spiritually. And we're like, we hold them back. Well, you know, you, you're new to this thing. God's not, God's not you know, you got to, we, we, we're strict and we hold back. And in this context, I realized that Jesus was warning us. Don't, don't rebuke anybody who's coming to me. Don't, don't talk bad about anybody that's trying to get to me. Don't refuse anybody, anyone. We've got to open up the door and say, he's come for everyone. He's come for everyone. I know I'm being repetitive at some point, but in Matthew 11 and 28, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We live in a world right now that is ate up with all sorts of mental mess-ups and, and, and hang-ups and they're, they're on all sorts of anxiety and depression and those things are real. But let me tell you, a lot of it has to do with rest. Nobody's finding rest. They're restless. They can't find the everlasting peace. They can't forgive one another. They're holding on to these things, these grudges. And let me tell you, the solution is to get into the Word of God. Because He said, Come to me all who labor, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Church, we got to get to where we're offering these things that God has. We got to let those things flow through us and to people that are hungry. People need rest. And that may mean that you're just going and having a cook with somebody at a restaurant or sitting down. Maybe you're doing a Bible study with someone and you're giving. That's the rest they need. You're like, well, that's not sleep. That's not fixing people's problem. People are sleeping more and more, and they're more and more depressed and more and more anxiety, more and more fearful. Sleeping ain't solving the problem. Jesus is the answer to the problem. He can give them the rest, but the church has got to learn. We got to be there for people. We got to do that. We got to, you know, when we go sit down and have lunch, you know, the Holy Ghost is working through you. You may sit down and have lunch with somebody, and maybe, maybe you don't even technically do a Bible study, but you sit down. Did you know the presence of God, the Holy Ghost, is moving through you just sitting down having lunch with them? It sounds crazy, right? But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. You're sitting there having lunch or having a Coke with a friend, and God is going to war through you. The Holy Ghost, because when you leave, you're not done. You're going to pray for that person now because you're connected to that person. But the body's got to get connected. We got to stay connected to each other. We got to help each other. We got to strengthen each other. We got to be there and we'll find that rest. We'll find that liberty. We'll find that freedom if we'll start doing what the body of Christ was meant to do. I've come with a mission tonight to tell someone Jesus came for you. And Jesus is coming back for you. I know it's simple. 
But so many times we get a little far away from realizing that he came from us. He came for us. He came for your family. He came for your kids. He came for the drug addict. He came for the rich person. He came for everybody. Everybody that will. The entire mission that is that he came for you and he's coming back for you. We are designed to become his body. The body of Christ. Right? We refer to ourselves as that. We refer to the church as that. The Bible refers, we are the body of Christ. He's coming back for a bride that has the same purpose and mission as he does. You know, like, I, I don't know if this is the right way of saying this, but like Jesus has a taste. God has a taste in who he's coming back for. Right? He's coming back for a bride. Right? And when, when Sister Abby found me, she was like, she had some taste. Right? We all, right, when your spouse, like you had, they, they, they weren't everything, right? But you were like, I can fix, I can, I can work with that, <laughs> right? Like, you, had to, you had to balance it, right? You're like, ah, oh, you know, well, I don't know. She cooks, but, you know, I don't know, you know? You had to weigh out all the odds, right? But you had a taste of who you were looking for, right? You, you wanted something, right? If you were a, a man, you were like, you had your, you were like, okay, this kind of, this is my checklist. And if you were a lady, like, y'all got a long checklist, my Lord. And so, like, <laughs> well, I'll stop. We're going to end up in marriage counseling if we're not done. When's that marriage meeting? <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Tuesday not. Uh, but we got a taste, right? Jesus has a taste in who he's coming back for. He's coming back for a bride, that has a mission like he has. The bride has got to get into alignment with the fact that, oh my goodness, there's a people that need Jesus and there's a, we need Jesus and Jesus needs us. And we need to fill this church up, not just so we can say our church runs a thousand. No, 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 no. It's not about us running a thousand. It's about all the souls that are trying to make heaven. See, see what I'm saying? There are souls that we, we got to get back to where when we're seeing people that are hurting and aching and that we begin to ache with them and we hurt and we help carry that load. And when we talk to them, it's not just that we get down in the mud hole with them, but we're able to say, you know what, some encouraging things for them. But unfortunately, so much of the time, we're ate up with entertainment and we're ate up with our own messes and our, our, our stuff and our life and, and, uh, and well... Let's just call it like it is. The Bible calls it iniquity. Self-will. Self-will. We live in a culture where that, that, they're just blatantly say that. Well, it's about what I want to do. I am who I am. Well, the Bible calls that iniquity. <laughs> That's your will versus his will. Last time I checked, he said that when we're buried in Christ, we are made a new creature. A new creature doesn't have their own will anymore. It's time for us to get. He, he, could I say it like this? God gave us his taste buds for the bride he's coming for. This book has the instructions of the bride that we're supposed to be, that he's coming. We're not going to be perfect. Don't, don't, don't take what I'm saying out of context here. I'm not saying that we've got to be perfect. 
Our spouses, I, I wasn't perfect when Sister Abby married me. In fact, I'm still not perfect, right? She's still working on me. He's still working on me. But I got to be getting in this thing and getting to be a better body of Christ. I've got to be a better bride. I want to be the best husband I can be, right? This is a little off, but, you know, if I just say, you know, well, Sister Abby, she married me, you know, we're, she's just got to have faith that I love her. That's all there is to it. She, you know, my actions don't have to prove it. Well, we all know, I see on y'all's faces, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> the devil is a lie. That's not true. You better be doing something to show that, that you love her. You better be doing it. We'll just go ahead and talk about it. If you're a husband, you better be doing some things that show your wife you love her. I know I'm younger than a lot of people here, but that's still good marriage advice. That came from an elder, so now elder through young to back to elder, okay? So, <laughs> all right. Like, it's important. We as, we as men, we've got to be showing our wives that we love her. We, our wives, they're going to do things that show us that she loves us. We've got to be trying to be... So much of the time, we, we get the Holy Ghost, we get baptized, and those things are fundamental. Do not misquote me. we got to be doing those things. That's how we become the new creature that we're supposed to be trying to be, that we're going to make heaven, okay? But if we stop there, it would be as if we just got married, and we said, she got to have faith that I love her. I'm going to go fishing. Right? Probably not the best move, right? You're probably going to be in the doghouse. You may not make heaven living like that. I know that was an extreme jump. We went from doghouse to hell. Okay? Like, uh, that's how real it is, though. That, that's, that's real. If we're not continuing, growing in the grace and the knowledge of God, what, what kind of bride are we going to be when he comes back? for? That's not the bride he's coming for. He gave us instruction what he's coming back for. We've got to get in it. We've got to study it. We've got we to gotta be... Um, and, it, and it can't just be... I mean, don't get... It could just be, well, the Bible says so, and i got to do it. But there's, it gets to grow on you. you, 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 you people, I, I've been married 12 years in November, but there's some people in here that have been married a lot longer than me. To have a happy, happy marriage, you, you do some things, and you learn some things, don't you? That's your spouse. And it, it, it becomes fun, Right? Because you're like, oh, if I, you know, I, I can do this and, and that will make her smile, right? I could do the dishes. I could sit on the couch and, and, and sit there on, and be on my phone while she's gone. Or I could do the dishes while she's gone. Oh, that would put a smile on her face. Some of you guys just, just threw something at me. I felt it in the spirit realm. Y'all said, boy, quick, get out off that platform right now, son. Yeah, I felt it. <laughs> I'm calling to you. That's right. I'm calling you out. Dish time, boy. Uh, no, <laughs> I'll quit. I'm used to youth ministry. Calm down. Uh, I'm, st I'm still getting used to Wednesday night. Excuse me. I'm going to blame it all on that. All right? But you, you do. You, and, and when you realize that when you take some time and you pray, you just made God smile. It's a relationship. See, he used that. He's coming back for a bride. He, he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to enjoy living for him, and he's going to do some things back that we can't even imagine. And it becomes a beautiful relationship. 
where I can, I, I learn how to make him smile and he learns how to make my day. I learn some things that position me and he puts me in front of some people and I walk away and they're like, man, that dude's awesome. That dude laughs a lot. That's really funny. You know, they, they leave feeling better when they were around me. But it was only because I spent time with God. So he makes me look good through the eyes of my peers. If I'll just get in tune with him and it becomes this relationship deal. So I asked the question earlier, or I made the statement. Do you come to give or do you come to get? I feel like that's a question that we need to ask ourselves constantly. What am I, what have I come for? Because Jesus came to give. But sometimes the church comes to get. But see, the church was designed to be the body of Christ and do his will. And Jesus is our example. So should we not follow his example and our focus be to give? Because what he says is when you give back, he gives back. When you give, he gives back, pressed down and running over. And we become stagnant when we put a cap on it. And we, or, or we just come to church all the time with the mentality. Or we go, let's take it to the next level, not even just church. You go to work. You go to, to, to lunch with someone. You go to, to dinner. And, and you as the body of Christ are showing up saying, what can I get? wonder what I'm going to get from this lunch. wonder what I'm going to get from this person. I wonder what I'm going to get from church. I wonder what I'm going to get from work. I wonder what I'm going to get. And we get caught up in this get, get, get. And we end up going to God in the prayer room. And we're like, I wonder what you're going to give me. And he's like, now, if I did that to my wife all the time, we're going to run into some marriage issues, right? But we don't, sometimes we don't hesitate doing that to God. And then we wonder why the church is being ineffective. It's because we don't walk around wondering what we can give. And Jesus walked around wondering what he could give. Emptying himself. Because he knew that he had the fountain of life running through him. He knew. And we, we need to know. We need to know. You have the creator of the universe living inside of you. He will give you rest if we will do his will. He will give you encouragement if you will do his will. If we will do our part, he's going to do his part. If we will come, he will come. If we will do, he is going to do. If we will give, he will fill. Do you believe it? Do we believe it? I came for a message for the person that hasn't received the gift that Jesus wants to give you. If you're here tonight and you don't have the Holy Ghost, could I encourage you? God's got the Holy Ghost for you tonight. It's a Wednesday night. Let me tell you something. God's in this place. And he can fill you with the Holy Ghost if you don't have the Holy Ghost. You say, well, what do I need that for? Trust me, you need it. You need it, okay? It's good. It's real good. It's the Holy Ghost. You need it. You trust a lot of other people on a lot of things that tell you you need something. Somebody tell you, you need to try that. You need to try that energy drink. You need to try that restaurant. You need to try that. You're going to go there in faith. 
You need to try the Holy Ghost. Trust me. I'm not going to try and explain it all to you. You need it. Ask God for it and let him fill you with it. And you'll find out why you need it. I don't have to explain it. God wants to give it to you and you need it. I came for, but I also came for a message for the people who have received the gifts and we're trying to be the bride. I'm here to tell you he's coming back for you. Hear me once again. We get our new life and we are a new creature and we are to step in into the kind of mentality that Jesus had when he walked on this earth. He came not to get, but to give. Musicians can come if, we're, if we do that on Wednesday night. I don't know. We're fixing to have an altar call either way. and well, God's fixing to move in this place either way. So even if we don't have music, I'm telling you, God has come to revive some people tonight. The enemy hit me with a very familiar spirit earlier today. I'm not trying to get all out there and make it sound crazy, but the enemy is, is coming for every one of us in here. It's coming for everyone that's on the, on, even watching live. It wants you. The Bible tells us that. The enemy is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's coming for you. I don't say that to scare you. I, I say that to empower you. Because we need the Holy Ghost actively moving through us. Because there are spirits <coughs> that are coming after the church. When I told the devil, when I felt it come on, I said, oh, hold up. I felt weak. I felt a headache come on to me. A couple other things. And I, I'm familiar with that. I'm fixing to preach the written word of God. I'm fixing to read scripture to people that need to hear it. And it's not me. But if the devil can mess up the vessel, he can mess up the anointing. Because I won't prevent it. I'll, I'll prevent it from flowing. And I've been fighting it because it, it's a Wednesday night, but I'm fighting it because somebody came in here and you need a move of God. You need a fresh touch of the realization of that he's still coming for you. And if it's not you, you need a fresh touch of realization. It's time to start praying for those kids again. It's time to start praying for that crazy cousin again. It's time to start praying. praying. Come on, somebody. The enemy has, has messed you up about praying. You're saying, well, it's just prayer. It's just prayer. Have you forgotten? Who you're talking to when you're praying? You're talking to the one who spoke a giraffe into existence. You're talking to the one who spoke and there were trees and there was birds and there was whales and, and you're talking to the creator of the universe. You're talking to the one who breathed life into the very first human person on earth. You're talking to the one who shed his blood for you. You're talking to the one that crucified himself. That he allowed himself to be crucified for you. As I was praying earlier today in here, I was just dealing with that spirit. And I told God, I said, it's time for that spirit to go. It's time for that spirit of unsubmission to go. 
It's time for that spirit of fear and unworthy and, and the, uh, the depression and anxiety and the feeling of God not being there for you. It's time for that to go. And as I was walking, I got this pastor. It was crazy. He went to Genesis when he started because I got this mental picture of God in the garden. And it was his time to go hang out with these humans that he created. <laughs> go with me here. This is a super, supernatural place I'm going because our minds can't, cannot fathom that God just spoke two humans into existence and now he's, having, he's communing with them. He's conversating. So go with me here. Allow your mind to go there with me. It's a crazy place. God is walking among this perfect garden that he created. He breathed life into this man. And it hit me. If Adam would have been busy working, which is what God told him to do. A lot of people think, well, Adam, boy, he was just in the garden that was perfect. You know what his instruction was? God made this perfect garden. It hit me, and I went. I had to go. I was like, God, I think, I think that's right, and I think that's you, but I'm going to go to the Scripture just in case. I went to it after praying in here. Genesis 2, 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Sometimes we as the body of Christ we forget that we have work to do. We're in the church. We're good to go. But see, old Adam and Eve they apparently took a little off time and ended up by a tree that they weren't supposed to be by and conversating with now the other supernatural power. And what do they do when they're not working, when they're not doing what God's called them to do? They mess up. So I received that instruction walking through here, and I was like, wow. I was much more dumbfounded than y'all look right now. Y'all look like y'all have known that your whole life. Well, congratulations. I'm glad that I had to get to the throne room for me to figure it out, and you already knew it. Uh, I'm glad. Congratulations. <laughs> so I received that instructions. Wow, we got to get back to work. The church has a duty to do. We we get the Holy Ghost. We we but it's time for us to go. It's time for us to communicate that with people. It's time for us to realize that He is. Oh, and what what is God doing after they mess up? He's coming for them. And I got this mental picture of God, perfect. He's perfect. He's made this perfect place, and he's finally got this relationship that he's desired. And he's looking for them. And he wants to have communion with them. And they were hiding. And I felt God tell me some people are hiding in this place tonight. And I really... 
my entire plan of the New Testament was for them to understand that just like in the garden when I came looking for them, I'm still looking for you. If we can tap into that mentality and we can not only, I believe tonight there are some people that need to receive that, but then there are some other people that just need to take that and go tell people, God's come for you. He's come for you. Could we stand right now? I wish that, I don't, I have a tug of war going on in my, my spirit right now because the enemy does not want us to get this. The enemy does not want us because he wants to, to distract us and he wants to fill us with our own will and we have our own will that is getting in the way. And, and But I, I feel in this place tonight that on a Wednesday night, on the 2nd of August, that God has a divine appointment with somebody and God wants to spend some time with you. He wants to take you into a place where you haven't been in a long time. He wants you to know that He is here for you. He wants you. He wants your kids. He wants your husband. He wants your lost soul. Your, he wants your lost neighbor. He wants your lost co-worker. He wants them and He wants to funnel the Spirit of the Holy Ghost through you. But it can't happen if we won't come to him and we won't step out of our will because the prayer goes God not my will but thy will be done in Jesus name I pray across this place right now from side to side to front to back Lord that there would be an overwhelming sense of your glory that same glory that walked through the garden and you were looking for those people that you created. You're walking through this place tonight looking for those people that you created. Respond in your own way right now. If you feel led to go to the altar, then can I encourage you, don't miss out on going to the altar. It may seem like a small thing to, to kneel down. It may seem like a small thing to go to the altar, to raise your hands. But can I tell you that that is an act of faith? And faith gets God's attention. Don't miss your opportunity to get God's attention tonight. Oh, let your glory fill this place right now, oh God. Oh, I cast out every spirit of unbelief in this place right now. I cast out every spirit of distraction in this place right now. Be loosed in the Holy Ghost right now.
Let's go to this world with that theory, the passion and the purpose that you sought out years ago, most of you that are here. But what a thrill to just sense it all over again. God bless you. Thank you. And uh, y'all have a great evening. God bless.
It's okay. 